Intimacy with God leads to living in glory. Yeshua, his presence, intimacy. I love the story uh, of Moses and his intimacy, his relationship with the Lord. He's, he was chosen for a purpose. His relationship with God was more than reading a book. His scrolls that he had at the time, it was an intimacy that was closer. It was like a friendship with the Lord. He wasn't even a, what we call a born-again Christian. It hadn't happened yet. All the more reason we as believers in Jesus Christ should have an increasing, growing intimacy with God. But Moses was always invited into the presence of the Lord in a way that most people have never experienced. But I truly believe that we are called to experience that same presence that people like Moses did in the Bible. I'm going to read a fair bit of Scripture here to get the story so everyone understands. We're going to start in Exodus 33, verse 1. It's, uh, it's talking about Moses, the presence, the, the tabernacle. It says, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here. And the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. Now, the, verse, the, the, the chapters before, obviously there was problems that had gone on. Uh, the, the Israelites were not doing well. They were sinning. Uh, they had done everything wrong. They had gone against God in many ways. And, and now here's Moses. So the Lord says, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. It's interesting, he says to Moses, go up from here, you, who I actually have amazing relationship with, and the people. Well, I'll tell you what, when I read this, I want to be the one that God says you to instead of just the people. You see, it's a choice of lifestyle we get to choose Him. It was a choice then, and it's a choice now. We get the blessing of having the new covenant, so we actually are, are, aren't just in a relationship. We're actually adopted sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. So he says, depart and go up from here. You, Moses, and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. Whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. Well, I thought God did it. No, God gave the message to Moses, and Moses and Aaron listened and brought the people out. So many times we always think, well, it's God, 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 God this, God that. You know what? That's awesome. But God has caused a community, leadership, people, husbands and wives, sons and daughters to literally be accountable personally, not just accountable to the, the, the leader, not accountable to the leader only, but to every person accountable to God. Brought uh, out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it. Verse 2, and I will send my angel before you. How many of us would like to have the angel go before us and everywhere we go? And I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorites and the Hittites, the Perizzites. I'm going to say the par Parasites. 
I know it's parasites, but the parasites, I'm going to take Old Testament and bring it into New Testament. I know he's talking about the, 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 the other enemy tribes that were against them, but I'm even going to go say, you know, I, okay, uh, I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. I'll even drive out the parasites out of your body. I will drive out the viruses out of your body. I will drive out the cancers out of your body. Anything that is keeping you out of the promised land, I will drive out. I will, I will, this sounds bad. I will drive out the bad decisions of government from your land. <laughs> Verse three, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. Yeah, he wasn't super happy with the Israelites at this moment in time. God wasn't. You hear that? Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. For you are a stiff-necked people. You are stubborn. You are prideful. You do your own thing. You hear me, the word of God, yet you interpret it completely differently and wrongly, and you're doing the wrong thing. Verse 4, and when the people heard this bad news, I'd say that's bad news. They mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. All of that junk that they had made of gold, their idols, their sacrificing things, their, their stuff that was just anti-God. They took it off. Verse 5, For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now therefore, take off your ornaments that I may know what to do to you. Verse 6. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Moab. I'm glad they did. They actually, in the time of their sinfulness, they actually believed Moses hears the voice of God clearly. They would see it. And they actually believed it as soon as he, they were called a stiff-necked people. Take off your ornaments. They did it. Verse 7, Moses took his tent. So he's now, doesn't want to hang out in the midst of these people. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. And called it the tabernacle of meeting. In other words, when he was in the presence of, of evil, wickedness, uh, evil and wickedness, but he was in the presence of, of, of the people that were grumbling, complaining, all these issues, he realized that something wasn't happening. I'm, I'm, I'm reading into the scripture. It's a perspective to think about. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a doctrine or a theology. It's a perspective. So his tent was in the midst of the people. The people are really doing poorly. Now they get rebuked by the Lord. And Moses picks up his tent. He moves it outside the city. So the presence of God could come again to him. Because the people that were surrounding him weren't there in the presence. It's almost like 
Be careful who you hang closely with. If it's negative, complaining, grumbling, everything else, it will affect your life at some point in time. And sometimes you have to move your tent Not disown the people, but move your tent, move your ability to get into the presence all to yourself in an area where there's purity of his presence and glory that can come upon you without the distractions of media, without the distractions of news, without the distractions of phone calls, without the distractions of of grumbling and complaining. We must in these seasons have a a point or a place, whether it's in your house, whether it's outside, whether it's in your car, whether it's on a mountaintop, whether it's by a lake or a river, find a place where you can have the meeting of his presence. So verse 7 again, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, from far, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. And so it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose And each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. So you got to see what's happening. Moses has now pitched his tent out there. The people are probably incredibly curious, why did he leave us? Maybe they were even thinking, is the hand of God going to smite us out? And he went out there because he knew that. But, But the leader went out there. And that's where he was. And so everyone stands at the door of their tent and they're watching and they're looking. They'd go out there as well too, but many of them stood at their doorway and looked. Verse 9, And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. Why at the door? Because Moses and God had a relationship that others didn't. No different when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the cherubim, they got kicked out and the cherubim stood at the gate entrance so no one could go in. But Moses has found something that's real between him and God, the Lord. God protects His presence. We need to have the ability to get filled with His presence. So when we go into all the world and preach the gospel, we're not going there to find His presence. We already found His presence. We're going there to take His presence. When you spend your time in devotions, in prayer, in intercession, it's to receive the presence. Intercession can't be just crying out for God to do things. There has to be a majority of time that you're spending in His presence to open the heavens, to open the doors wide, to open uh, the clouds wide, wide, to receive. And it came to pass again, verse 9, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. How many of us want 
a pillar of cloud to stand at our doorway right now. And the Lord talked with Moses. Verse 10, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshiped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, he wouldn't depart from the tabernacle when Moses did. So here you have Moses and his associate Joshua who was serving Moses and helping him. He got to experience all that Moses received and later actually experienced greater things than Moses himself. This is why I truly believe when people come to me in ministry and they say, I'm an independent ministry, I have no covering, I have no need for anyone else. I look at you and I say, then you are depriving yourself of someone else's blessing who has gone before you. You are depriving yourself of a presence of God. But the problem is, is most people with a Lone Ranger attitude, what they think is they think that they are higher than Moses or they are higher than anyone else around them. And I want to guarantee that that will make you less and less in the true presence of God. That attitude right there. That's an independent slave mentality. But Joshua did not depart. Can you imagine? Moses is in. He's with Joshua. Joshua comes in with him. I don't know if Joshua was off to the side somewhere. His tent probably wasn't very big. And a pillar stands at the entrance. Joshua's probably flat on his face, which it later talks about. Receiving, receiving, receiving inheritance from his leader. Greater double portion from the Lord. Verse 12, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, You see me bring up this people. What you have not let me know, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. Show me now your way. If I have found grace in your sight, you've told me I found grace in your sight. If I have truly found that, oh God, show me your way. You see, he wasn't using the favor and the blessing and the presence of God to build himself. He was literally saying, show me your way because my way doesn't make sense. Your way always succeeds. Show me your way that I may know you And that I may find grace in your sight because Moses knew how he got this relationship was by the act of his obedience and reverence to the Lord. And consider that this nation is your people. The stiff-necked ones, you know. The religious, the bound, poverty mentality. 
You know, your people, you're grumbling and complaining, but they're your people. They don't even like me as a leader. It's kind of like when Christians grumble and complain at their pastors. Pastors just want to say, God, they're your people. Thank the Lord I have a pastoral staff. I'm able to say, can you pastor them? Because I might be just a little bit direct and short with them. Who knows? Maybe say you're a stiff-necked person sitting in my office. Yeah, I'd probably lose half my congregation. I'm sorry. Not that they're stiff-necked. Just if you're strong with people, many can't handle it. Verse 14, and God said, and he said, my presence will go with you. In other words, he's saying, you don't need to know who's going to go because my presence is going with you. And I will give you rest. You wonder if Moses wasn't sleeping very well. Maybe that's one of the reasons he moved out of the camp. Too much noise. They didn't have a 10 p.m. noise bylaw. Who knows? You don't need anyone else, Moses. I will go with you, says the Lord, and I will give you rest. Verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, this is Moses, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not bring us up from here. In other words, I'm not moving, don't take us away from here unless your presence is with us. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. And so the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. I tell you what, I want to encourage us. Get, if you want something from God, get into the presence. Get into his presence. And find grace in the sight of God. And ask him. Verse 18. And he said, that's Moses. Please, one of my favorite statements. Please. Show me your glory. <laughs> That's all I need is just show me your glory. Oh, Father, oh, Lord, show me your glory. I'm burning out from these people. The stresses, the news is driving me crazy. The political statements, the, 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 the what do they call the woke things, the, the cancellation policies of people, they're driving me crazy. Crumbling and complaining believers, driving me crazy. One church is against another church, driving me crazy. Please, I just want to see your glory, O oh God. Verse 19, and then God said, I will make all my goodness. You see, in his glory is goodness. So when you say, show me your glory, if his glory comes, it will be full of goodness. I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. 
But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. And so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in this little gap, in this little cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Oh, if we could just see his back. (laughs) What does that mean? That you're following God. You're following the Lord on this earth, that he is walking before us. Chapter 34, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Do you remember what happened to the first ones? When he came down off the mount and the Israelites were worshiping the golden calf and all their idols, the Ten Commandments were written by the finger of God on the first stones. And out of Moses' frustration and pain, he smashed those first stones. So now God is saying, cut two more, two more tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke, the Ten Commandments. So be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain and no man shall come up with you. Again, go to the mountaintops, whatever that place is in your home, in your place, uh, and be there and celebrate in his presence all by yourself. Come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds feed before that mountain. So he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. And then Moses rose early in the morning and went up Mount Sinai and the Lord had command, as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. And now the Lord descended in the cloud. Again, a cloud, a pillar of cloud. He descended in the clouds. And stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Do not live a lifestyle where you will live in iniquity against the ways of God. Do not pass that inheritance anywhere in your family, in your ministry. Verse 8, So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And then he said, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my heart, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people. Now he included himself. And pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. Such a beautiful testimony of truth that we can learn and we can grow so much through. As we read Exodus 33, 9, the Lord talked with Moses, and it came to pass Moses entered the tabernacle. I want to hang out on that for just a moment. Let's find our tabernacles, people. Well, the tabernacle, we don't need anymore because we are the tabernacle. You're exactly right, but find a place that's peaceful and calm as you worship your Lord. 
Instead of sitting at home by yourself, getting depressed, transform your mind with the renewed mind of Jesus Christ in us and go after the presence of God. Because Moses came into the actual presence. Exodus 33, verse 10 and 11, as we read earlier, all the people saw this pillar. As he went into the tent, as Moses went into the tent, and Moses spoke face to face, as a man speaks to his friend, how many of us want to speak face to face with our Lord, with our God? This is the season that God has called us into. This is the season that God has called us into. That he is calling us into a deeper reverence of his presence. No longer what you did yesterday is going to be applicable today. What you take out of yesterday, his presence and his glory, we must be looking for more and more and more every day of our lives. We cannot let the depression, we cannot let the lies of the devil and the enemy rage around us. We cannot let the fear of sickness and disease or the fear of the things of this world take us down. No, God is calling us into a higher and greater level of his presence and he wants to, he wants to put his cloud of pillar down so you can enter deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Joshua didn't depart from it. He would dwell in the place of God's glory when Moses left. But what happened? Numbers, cha Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 to 12, because Moses actually screwed up. He did a couple times. It's interesting how many of our patriarchs and in Scripture Screwed up. Even the disciples were like a pretty goofy group. To be called into being the apostles. You look at David and his life and Moses and his murder. and I mean, the, so many of these incredible men and women of God messed up in life. Numbers 20 verse 1. And then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh and Miriam. They died there and was buried there. Verse 2, now there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Again, a grumbling group of people. Who needs water anyways, right? Just kidding. Everything has been provided for them. Food every day, but now they don't have water. Well, let me tell you something. When you don't have something that you need, there's two ways to look at it. One, grumble and complain and beg. Or two, know that God is ready and prepared to do a miracle in your life. I'm going after, if I have something that I need and I don't have, that God is waiting and ready and prepared a miracle for my life. Verse 3, and the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, if only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. <laughs> oh, if only we, we got no water, so only if we had died earlier. What a stiff-necked group of people. 
Verse 4, why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come out up out of Egypt? Ah, to bring you out of slavery, people. Remember, you were in Egypt as slaves. But in trials and tribulations, it's very easy to forget the power of your testimony. What God has done in your life. That's why when I start to feel depressed or burdened or heavy laden with all the stuff going on, I immediately start to praise Him and thank Him for the things that I have and that He has given me and thank Him from the things that He has rescued me from. Why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly. They left the people because they weren't going to hear in the middle of grumbling and complaining. They went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and they fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes. Speak to the rock before their eyes and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water from them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. You remember in the previous verses, the people had risen up against Moses and Aaron. Now Moses has a word of the Lord. I want to encourage you, when you get a word of the Lord, bring it to wise counsel and pray about it. Don't change the interpretation in any way. And don't let your attitude change it. People, oh, I want to be a prophet. I tell you what, I've watched many prophets fall because of their interpretation and or changing of the word of the Lord. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Verse 10, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And Moses said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Whoops. Obviously, he's a little frustrated. Must we, must we, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and he struck like he hit violently the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. I'm sure everybody was celebrating. Oh my goodness, look at Moses. Look at Moses. Wow. He brought water from the rock. Verse 12, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Because you didn't honor me, says the Lord. You didn't believe me. Did you think that the rock couldn't just push out water on its own, that you had to hit it? Did you think that you needed to condemn the people? I didn't tell you to do that. 
I didn't tell you to condemn other ministries. I didn't tell you, even if you're in disagreement with some of their theologies, I didn't tell you to condemn them. I didn't tell you to condemn the pastor that you're angry at or the church that you've left because you're angry, you didn't get your way. I didn't tell you to do that. Your actions took away my holiness in the eyes of the children of Israel. Your actions. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land. Therefore, the promise I gave you, Moses, that you're going to go into the promised land, you and Aaron. Because you let your frustration or you let your anger, you let the people get under your skin, whatever it was, because of that, you don't get to go. What was it? Well, maybe the grumbling of the people. I always say the grumbling of the people took him out. But the reality is, is he let the grumbling people get under his skin. It wasn't people that can take you out of your promises. It's you, your actions and reactions to the things around you. Maybe it's when Moses called the people, here now you rebels, maybe that's what God got angry at. Tell you what, let's watch what our mouth says about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Be careful what you call other Christian people. Maybe Moses and Aaron were canceled to the promised land because Moses took the credit for the miracle. Must we bring you the water from out of this rock? Maybe that's what God got angry at. Maybe it's when he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. I believe it's a combination of all of them. Actually, would have been a really impressive miracle if you walk up to a rock and instead of pounding it with a hammer or a rod, look at it and say, water come forth. Make sure when we hear the voice of the Lord, we're accurate in it. But whatever happened to make verse 12 come forth, when the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me. I take that as Moses' actions showed disbelief to God. He heard the word, didn't do it. When the Lord tells you to pray for the sick and you don't do it, watch out. He says pray for the sick, pray for the sick. can you lose? Being obedient to the voice of God is always a win. It's no longer your responsibility to heal them. God says, pray for that one. Pray for him. Maybe it was when Moses didn't hallow. That means uphold and show God as holy in the eyes of the children of Israel. 
See, that's the power of testimony in front of the people right there. The power of testimony. Moses, at that moment in time, because there's two powers of testimony. There's the power of testimony of things that happened in the past, and there's power of testimony you walk in the present right now. They're both the most powerful things of testimony for your life. What you've done in the past, how you've learned, how you've grown, how God has taken you and transformed you into a lifestyle you walk right now, today, is the power of present testimony. Our actions must demonstrate our true faith in God. If our actions are demonstrating as a fear, fear of the devil, fear of the viruses, fear of the sicknesses, fear of the problems and issues, fear that our country won't be Canada anymore, fear, 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 and you live under the oppression of that fear, I believe you will not be able to enter into the fullness of the presence of God that he has called you and me into during this time. Being a bit worried, concerned, but when that worry or concern starts to change you the wrong way, then it's a lie of the devil that you should not be listening to. Of course I'm concerned of the pandemic or virus. I know many pastors and leaders that have died in Mexico. Uh, it has led to bronchitis, which has led to pneumonia, and they have died of pneumonia, but they had COVID. It's a real deal. People are dying. As I was on the phone yesterday with our senior apostolic pastor Adonias in Mexico, I said, Adonias, as soon as those borders open, I'm coming. What if you get the virus? No, that was the little lie that went into my head. No. I'm going to go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want, to, want you to ask yourself, are you trusting in the Lord's wisdom so much right now that you're willing to go against your own thoughts in your mind on how things should be done or not done? Do you trust in the Lord that much that your thoughts could actually be incorrect? Are you trusting in the Lord so much that your life is a demonstration of holiness? of God in your life? Are you trusting in the Lord so much that you have such a steadfast calmness and a confidence in God during difficult times? Are you trusting God so much that you give God the credit for all the great things that you do? I want to encourage you as I close here today. Put your trust in him, not man, not news, not social media. Not even in your own family, 
not even in your own pastor or leader. Your ultimate trust has to be in God. Our Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't give you the right of separation. That gives you the understanding of unity in the family together. That God has built a structure within his bride for all of our good. I want to encourage you. As much as our government is seems to be anti-church, I'll be honest with you, that's what it seems like. I mean, we can't have a church service. But I can go to the liquor store, the malls. I can hang out in restaurants for a couple hours. I can do all this other stuff. To me, it seems like they don't like the church. They want to separate us. My family living at home with me on our property is seven people. I can't even go to a restaurant as a full family. And we're all at the same address because they only allow six. <laughs> but I could go meet with some of you at a restaurant. Be in prayer right now as our provincial courts are in a, a battle. The Supreme Court judge of Vancouver as BC is trying to sue three of the churches that have remained open to try to get greater ability to arrest people for going to church, actually take them to jail. Right now, it started on Friday, going right through, I think the, the Supreme Court judge is going to give his verdict on Wednesday. In the first week of March, a group of churches that have stayed open that have had many, many fines. And I celebrate those churches. That has been their destiny. They have chosen to go after that. I also celebrate the churches that have felt that they were, have chosen to adhere to the order. But I pray as they go into the courts of British Columbia the first week of March, we all must pray that there is a mighty victory in this province of British Columbia. I pray to our medical officials, I pray to our governments here in Canada. You have allowed us support groups. The body of Christ, the church, is a support group. It's even more important to that. It's not a religion. It's our lifestyle. It's who we are. I pray, O oh Lord, that the churches around this world will be opened in Jesus' name. But I want to encourage you all as I close. Find the meeting place with your Lord, our Lord and Savior. And let the presence come. Clear your mind of the religious, the laws, the camp of grumbling people. 
and enter into his presence. In Jesus' name.